For our scripture reading, we turn to Psalm 136. Psalm 136. Psalm that speaks of thanking the Lord, making a reference to a number of things for which we give thanks to our God. And we'll read that's this psalm, Psalm 136. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever, and brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever and made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever. And gave their land for an heritage, for his mercy endureth forever. Even an heritage unto Israel his servant, for his mercy endureth forever who remembered us in our lowest state, for his mercy endureth forever, and hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever, who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. So far we read from the inspired scriptures this morning. And the text that we consider are those last two verses. Who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Dearly beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, reading this psalm with its repetition, we go through it and repeatedly that say that line, for his mercy endureth forever, certainly serves to impress upon us, on our minds, thoughts of his, of his mercy. 
that we continue to go through God's wondrous works, how he saved us. We sing of how he delivered Israel, and we are singing of how he has saved his people, delivered them from bondage, set them free, brought them into the promised land, redeemed them from all their enemies, feeding them, feeding us, feeding all flesh, providing us everything we need, everything that we need. Oh, the mercy of our God. Our merciful God has been caring for us. And on this day, we gather together and we remember how he has cared for us. Indeed, we're always to thank God. And we recognize that we don't always thank him as we are. It's easy for us to go through a day and have our mind on various on various subjects and to look back on the day and recognize we didn't thank God as we are. Sometimes we make a number of requests. We come to God and we bring our petitions to him and we make many requests to him. And prayer is the chief part of thankfulness. It is good also, as we bring our petitions to him, that we also, and as we pray, as we sing, that we remember to thank God. And that we thank him specifically for things that he has done, as is the case in this psalm. We mention a number of events in the history of God's people. And our mind is also directed to what those, when we look at those events, the deliverance from bondage, the bringing into the promised land, we're directed to remember God's covenant. Hasn't God made his covenant with you and me and with our children? And to know that, to know that God has made his covenant with us, we're his covenant people and that our children are included in the covenant. And we know he doesn't make, it isn't the case that that's true of all of our children head for head. We know that. But we know that God does bless us and our children. We see the blessing in his generation, in our generation. We think of how he's brought us out of darkness into light. We were in bondage. He set us free. And all that you and I have needed for the body, food and clothing. And Jesus said, having food and raiment, be there with content. Remember, our Lord said that. And then we think, well, has, haven't we had? Hasn't he fed us? Hasn't he provided us with clothing? Hasn't he granted us everything that we've needed? We've gone through trials. We've called out to God. Has he not heard us? Indeed, he has. There may be times when we've prayed and prayed for something that we desired, and that has not happened. Yet God has given us grace. God has upheld us. There are things that we may request that are not specifically things that we know that God has not specifically promised us that. We express our desire for something, but we also say, Thy will be, thy will be done. And we trust in God and are thankful for his grace. And in this psalm, toward the end, we make a reference to his giving food, and not only giving food to us, but he gives food to all flesh. It's good for us to consider his care of 
his people in all nations. And our desire that all the nations thank him, as we sang, and also how he, he cares even, he cares also for the animals. And there's a number of verses that speak of that. He cares for us, he cares for the animals as well. He feeds them. He provides for them. He gives food to all flesh. And that directs us to remember his covenant that he's made with us and also the other living creatures. We look back to the covenant that God made in the days of, in the, what we read in the days of Noah. That God made his covenant with Noah and all the living creatures with him and how he provides for his creatures. And he will certainly continue to provide for us. Our merciful God, we are to be express our thanks, our gratitude to our merciful God and Father. We consider this passage under the theme, Fed, by our merciful God. We consider, first of all, his care for us. Secondly, his covenant with us. And when we look at his mercy, and then when we look at his care for us, his mercy shown to us, and then when we look at the idea of his covenant, there we'll also look at the idea of his covenant with all of his creatures the living creatures. And then lastly, looking at it from the viewpoint of giving thanks to him, giving thanks to the God of heaven. Fed by our merciful God, his care for us, his covenant with us, and giving him thanks. Verse his care for us. This is a psalm of thanksgiving that speaks of his care for us. You can see that it's a psalm of thanksgiving in that it's a, it goes through his works, mentions his marvelous works, and it begins and ends with a reference to thanking God. It starts with, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And then the next verse, O give thanks unto the God of gods. And then the next verse, O give thanks to the Lord of lords. And then when you, it ends with, O give thanks unto the God of heaven. So looking at the beginning and the end of the psalm, serve, you know, we can see how this psalm, the things that are mentioned in this psalm, are viewed from that point of view of giving thanks pointing out specific things that God has done, expressing our thanks to him, and doing so remembering his mercy. We're going to begin by looking at that, the phrase that is repeated. His care for us, the mercy he has shown to us. Yet obviously that is to be take a note of in this psalm. This is the one psalm where you have a phrase like that repeated throughout the whole psalm. There is repetition in the psalms, but this is the psalm where you have that phrase that's repeated again and again and again. You go through each verse and there is the phrase again. It literally is the, the word endureth, as you see the word endureth is in italics which indicates that's not actually in the, in the text. The, the wording is something like, is, for forever is his mercy. For, for forever is his mercy. And that word mercy, that word mercy sometimes has that idea of covenant, mercy, love, And his mercy is forever. 
That idea that his mercy is forever, and we'll come back to that subject too, that his mercy is forever. But here we look at it from the viewpoint of his mercy. He sees us in our misery. Now we're supposed, it's important for us to know how great our sins and miseries are. God saw you and us, sees us in our misery, and desired us to be blessed. When one thinks of mercy, one sees, thinks of seeing somebody in their misery and desiring them to be delivered. Desiring them to be blessed, desiring them to be happy. God saw us in our misery and desired that we would be happy. Some particular people he delivers from their sins. He redeems us from, all, from our enemies. He sent Christ who laid down his life for us that we might receive the blessings, that he might purchase for us blessings, and that we might have true and abiding happiness. When we look at the events recorded here, deliverance from bondage, we're mindful of how he set us free from the bondage of sin. What does that mean? That means our, our will was in bondage. Our will was dead. And he quickened us. We have a small beginning of a new obedience. It's small, but we have a beginning. We have a heart in which the law of God is written. We know God. We love him. And we desire to serve him. We have fellowship with God. And as those that have fellowship with God, we praise him for his mercy endureth forever. That song, that phrase, there's a number of times when that phrase is found, not only in this psalm, but there are a number of places we're familiar with this phrase, for his mercy endureth forever. It's found in a number of locations. One such location was when the temple was dedicated in the days of Solomon. The temple is dedicated, they praise God. You know, the temple that points us to remember God's covenant and that he dwells with us. We have fellowship with him. The temple is dedicated, praising God for his mercy. Here in this psalm, it speaks of coming out of bondage and being brought into the promised land and the idea of dwelling with God in the land. as his people, as his covenant people. And that he protects us. He protects us from our foes. One place where we read of this phrase is in that passage that is quite striking in Second Chronicles 20, in the days of Jehoshaphat. You recall that Jehoshaphat, when there were enemies, he was told there were enemies coming against him, a large, a large force coming against him. And Jehoshaphat went to God in prayer. And he said, O oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon thee. Did you read of this king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, saying, We don't know what to do. There's this great company coming against us. Moab and Ammon and the inhabitants of Mount Seir, they come against us. Our eyes are upon thee. And then God speaks to them through a prophet and says, be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, 
but God's. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. And then we read, Jehoshaphat, he had consulted with the people and he appointed singers. Singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness. You know, God had told them they're not going to need to fight. But they're going to go out and they, are, they have singers. As they went out before the army, they were to sing, Praise the Lord. They were to say, Praise the Lord. For his mercy endureth forever. That's what they were to say. And when they began to sing and to praise this very phrase, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. They didn't have to fight. The enemies are destroying one another. And they're singing praises to God. Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. He protects us. You see how that's in line with the very previous verse of Psalm 136 that says, He hath redeemed us from our enemies. redeemed us from our enemies. He's delivered us. He's protected us. He's provided us with what we've needed in whatever trials we've gone through in our own life. We can read of deliverances of God's people in the past and then we look in our own life. When we look at the church since the days of the apostles, how he guided the church in the past. As we study church history, we read of many difficult times the church has gone through and how he has provided for his people. We remember, perhaps we remember things that we've been told from maybe our grandparents or our great-grandparents. If one is in the, you know, in the, if their great-parents and great-grandparents, if they were in the, in the, in a church holding to the, the truth of the word of God and if they talk about what God did back in their days and things that maybe we can remember hearing maybe when we were younger how God has cared for his people and how he has cared for us in our own life in our life of our own families and everything that he has done for us and if we're married, if we're married in the Lord, how the Lord brought us together, couples together, and thanking the Lord for the many blessings he bestows, the blessings of children, the blessings of food. He provides us, he cares for us, providing us with the food we need. And when it mentions the deliverance from Egypt, bringing into the promised land, slaying the great, slewing, slaying famous kings and so on, it also mentions he gave us food. The God who governs all things has fed us. The God who governs all things through Jesus Christ when we talk about God's providence, that's his power, his almighty everywhere present power, his power by which he upholds and governs everything. Well, what about Christ? Well, God governs all things by Jesus Christ. When we say he sits at the right hand of God, that means 
When we explain that, what does that mean? Well, that means that God is governing everything by Jesus Christ. And in him we have all that we need. And the Spirit, Christ, by his Spirit, provides us all that we need. All the spiritual blessings that he has purchased for us, providing us food with his blessings. Everything that we've needed for the body, he has provided for us. Of course, we recognize we, we have such an abundance. And we tend to have a desire for such an abundance. And we can be concerned if we think that we might not be able to live at quite the level that we lived at before. And it's still the case that we have such an abundance. And anybody that travels to foreign countries has that impressed upon them. In so many countries, depending on where you go, of course, but in so many places in the world, you see a similarity. That you see how much in comparison, how much how much we have and how we are to use everything in his service to confess we're stewards everything that we have belongs to God and we're to use everything in his service out of thankfulness to him we praise him for feeding us you, we, we can't see him feeding us we can't see him feeding all flesh. We can't see the invisible God. But we confess it's true. We believe this. We know it's true. He's the one that provides us the opportunity to work. He's the one that provides us the abilities to work. He's the one that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He's the one that gives us the strength. And in times when we're laid low, he provides for us through, sometimes through the, the, you know, other brothers and sisters in Christ who help us. He has provided for us. And for that, we give, the, we give him thanks. And now we turn to the fact that when it talks about how he has cared for us and provided for us, that it makes a specific reference to providing food, not just to us, but to all flesh. And that receive, that directs us to consider, we're going to look at this from the viewpoint of God's covenant. And what God said to Noah, God spoke and said to Noah, And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. And then he said, And with every living creature that is with you, The creatures were with, with Noah. Of the fowl, of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth with you. And certainly that would have been impressed upon them too. They were living with these animals. This was in Genesis 9 that I read of this, or this after the flood. Here they've been spending time with these animals, all these animals. God brought to Noah. And then God speaks of his covenant with them, with their seed, and with every living creature that's with them. And 
that covenant, that is a covenant with God's elect people and with all living creatures with us. Now, there are those that take that covenant with Noah and they say, no, that's a common grace covenant. They say the covenant with Abraham, that's a particular grace covenant. There you see that he chooses Abraham, calls him out, separates him. And there's a, some, a part, there you see the idea of particular. But with, com, with, with the covenant with Noah, there you see a common grace covenant. That's not, it's not a common grace covenant. It's the same covenant that was made before the flood. There's one way to see it. He not only spoke of the covenant after the flood, but he spoke of the covenant before the flood. Before all these multitudes of people are going to die. And God says that he makes his covenant with Noah. And with his seed, as he says in Genesis 9. So it is a particular grace covenant. And another way we can see that is that it's everlasting. That in Genesis 9, when he speaks of his covenant, he speaks of his everlasting covenant. It's not a temporary covenant but it's an everlasting covenant. Uh, and the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, and that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. It's everlasting. Well, that's not a common grace covenant. And people speak of people receiving grace right now in this life, but only for a time. It doesn't keep going. This is a God's everlasting covenant. And that brings us to this phrase in this psalm that his mercy is forever. When people say God is blessing unbelievers now, He's showing them mercy now. He's giving them grace now. One could ask them, is that forever? No. If they don't repent, then they'll be punished in hell. So he shows, he gives them grace now. He's giving them blessings now, but it's only for a time. God says his mercy's forever. And that's repeated in this psalm. Forever, for forever, is his mercy. Clearly bringing out that this is for God's covenant people. Looking at it from the viewpoint of the human beings that are included. In fact, in another psalm where we speak of God's care for all of his creatures. We read in Psalm 145 that it says in verse 20, well, verse 9 says, Psalm 145, verse 9 says, The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies, his tender mercies, are over all his works. But then if you take that verse 9, his tender mercies are over all his works, and you connect it to verse 20, which is in the same psalm. Verse 20 says, For the, the Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. clearly bringing out the contrast there, or the particularity. And that when we are directed to the covenant with Noah, 
We are mindful that it's with God's elect people in Christ. God's covenant is with Christ and with those chosen to be in him. And that it includes the animals who are with us. And that idea that the animals, that we are to view the animals as being with us. Like it certainly would have been impressed upon Noah and, and his family in the ark. The animals are with us. And the Bible speaks, like in Isaiah chapter 11. It speaks of animals in the life to come. Animals that don't die. The wolf dwelling with the lamb. That there will be animals. And we will reign with Christ over all of all of his all the creatures. That's amazing. But that's true. And mindful of that, we thank God. Praise God who gives food to all flesh now. There's some fascinating things in the scriptures about God's care of the animal. It says in Psalm 104 that they seek their meat from God. Psalm 104 says that, verse 21, they seek their meat from God. That same psalm says they wait upon God. In the book of Job, we read, they cry unto him. The animals. Job 38, verse 41, makes a reference to animals who cry unto him. And in Joel 2, verse 22, we have the statement, Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field. A word there. With a reference to the beasts of the field. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field. God's covenant with us, with all of his, all the living creatures with us. He feeds us. He feeds the animals. He gives us food with his blessing. When we're mindful of the covenant, we think of the covenant, the blessings of the covenant. And what's different with God's people is that God's covenant people receive food with God's blessing. The unbeliever receives food, and he should thank God, he receives food and drink. God, he should thank God for the food and the drink that he has. But the unbeliever who hates God, he does not receive those with God's blessing. But God's people do. He satisfies us. The Bible says the ungodly are never satisfied they're never content if somebody loves silver they, they will not be satisfied with it God gives food with his blessing to his covenant people and gives them grace to be content and we see our we see our need for that blessing. We're not, there are times when we too complain. But we do recognize that God really does give us the grace of, to be content, that we do say, God, you know, like the Apostle Paul said, I have learned, I've learned in whatever state I am, therein to be content. God taught him. And he teaches us. 
to be content in whatever our situation may be. And content and joyful in the Lord, thankful for our salvation in Christ, we give him thanks. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, to whom the God of heaven, the God who is over all, the beginning of the psalm says, give thanks unto the God of gods, to the Lord of lords. He's the God of heaven. He's the God over all, the sovereign God, the creator who upholds and governs all, who has redeemed us. We're thankful to him. At this time of the year, many people in the world, we often hear the world will talk about what they're thankful for. And when the world does that, they often, oftentimes there isn't a reference as to whom they're thanking. But in the world, you'll hear people go around and say, what are you, for what are you thankful? And they're thankful for this, and they're thankful for that. But many times they don't ask the question, now when we talk about being thankful, thankful to to whom? We give thanks to whom? We give thanks to our God. Who is our God? The creator is our God. He's our father. He's our merciful father. Our merciful God. We thank him. By Jesus Christ, coming to God by him, the mediator. And for what we, we thank him for all that we have in Christ. Pointing out, and a word that speaks of thanking God has an idea of, of you know, it's, that it's, it's good, when we thank God, it's good for us to indicate, to point out, to express what it is that we're thankful for. And we're to thank God for his protection of us, his deliverance of us, and how he has protected us how he has guided us. There's been times when we have, we've had happy times, we've had sad times. There's been times we've been very sad and he's comforted us. There's been times when things have been going very well and we have been so happy and we have expressed our gratitude to God. We have times of adversity, times of prosperity. And we're thankful knowing that even in times of adversity that God turns evils to our profit and we have joy even in times of sorrow. Thank him for his blessings in our generations. Thankful for our churches. Thankful for our Christian schools. For the teachers that God has given to us. For the elders and the deacons that we have that God continues to provide for us. His care for us as a federation of churches, he has been guiding us. We've been looking to him and he has been guiding us through what has been some difficult years. And he still will. And he is performing a work gathering his people from the nation. And he's given us everything that we've needed in our own life. Times we've prayed for things that others don't know we've prayed for. And God has heard us. And he's provided. We're to thank him. We're to make reference. It's good, it is good that we contemplate things to express particular thanks to God for in our own individual lives. 
and in our families. To praise him, to thank him always. When should we thank him? Well, it's good to thank him after we've received something we've requested. And we teach our children that. A child desires something, and then we give the child something, and then the child is very happy that they have what they want, and then they leave, and we say, now remember, remember what to say, and then they often will turn and say, thank you. But then we apply that to ourselves, that we can call out to God for something, God can grant us what we need. Do we remember then to thank him? To thank him for what he's given us. It is good for us to give thanks to God. To thank him in times of distress. We're told we are to, in all things, give thanks. That's what the scriptures say. In everything, give thanks. That's 1 Thessalonians 5. In everything. For everything. Ephesians 5 says, for everything, give thanks. Ephesians 5, verse 20. Also in times of trial to thank him. And before we go into a difficult situation, to come to God, requesting guidance, requesting the grace we need, also thanking him for what he has given, for the guidance that he gives, for the strength that he gives, Thanking him. Thanking him in word and deed. Colossians 3.17. Not only thanking him in word. We are to thank him in word. We're to offer the sacrifice of praise. We're to offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That's Hebrews 13, verse 15. We're to sing, express our thankfulness to God. Express it in prayer. So we are to say it in words. Talk to other people about how we are thankful to God. That's a good thing, too, when we talk to others about what has happened in our life and we say that we're thankful to God for whatever we may be talking about at the moment. That we make a reference to God and that we're thankful to God that we thank him in word, but we also thank him in deed. And what we do, that our life is to be an expression of gratitude. In the whole last section of the Heidelberg Catechism, how do we express our gratitude to God? And then it goes through, well, we do what God tells us to do and that we do it joyfully cheerfully we love one another we're patient with one another we help one another we promote the honor of one another we want to show our gratitude to God in all of our life. May we express our thanks to God. We gather together today to do that, to thank our God and to praise him. May we trust in him, not being afraid. If God feeds the animals, 
he'll certainly care for us. We know God has pointed us to that. See how he cares for them. They are provided with the food that they need. Well, God is the one that feeds them. Certainly he will care for us. And we remember the, what God has told us about the rainbow. We remember his covenant, his everlasting covenant. We remember what we sing in Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us. Goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And we will dwell in the house of God forever. Oh, the mercy he has shown us, the God of heaven, our heavenly Father. May we thank him and may we praise him. May we live to the glory of his great name. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, our God, our Father, we are very thankful, oh, Lord, for the blessings that thou dost bestow upon us and upon all of thy people, and how thou dost care for all of thy creatures. We marvel, O Lord, at thy greatness, thou who art the God of heaven, sovereign over all, who didst set us free from bondage, and who doth provide us all that we need. May we remember what thou hast done. May, we be, may thy spirit work within us that we may remember to give thee thanks. We confess, O Lord, there's times when we haven't remembered to thank thee as we ought. Lord, forgive us. We do thank thee. We do love thee, O Lord, our God. We are thankful for all that thou hast done and how thou dost continue to guide us. We're so thankful for that everlasting covenant, that everlasting covenant thou hast made with us blessings we enjoy in Christ Jesus, our Lord. May we in our time of fellowship today, may we thank thee in word and in deed. May we thank thee and glorify thy name. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.